about words tonight, if you haven't figured it out yet, and we are going to start tonight by looking at a couple products that I had uh, a couple students bring by. Uh, one is uh, Axe Conditioner, and the other is Axe uh, Shampoo, and these companies uh, that sell you products that have found a niche in their market to sell junior high and high school students stuff, use all kinds of words to get you their product. And they will say ridiculous things and they will make ridiculous commercials to get you their stuff. So Axe Lure, Just Soft Conditioner, says on the back, it says, you don't have to say, touch me, your hair will. That's what it says on the back. And then it says, the little tagline underneath it says, we know girls love teddy bears and puppies. And now with Axe Lure Conditioner, they'll have something else soft to adore, your hair. Guys, this is a big deal. And then it has a picture. It says, get girl approved hair. And it has a girl's eyes like shooting laser beams over to a guy's head. So if you buy this product, it will happen. They promise. And then on the back, it says, contain your mane and boost your appeal on the shampoo bottle. And it says, axe constrict with a hydrating cuckoo blend cleans and gives light control to make your hair totally not just a little bit but totally irresistible and then it has the same picture but in another color of the girl with the laser beam uh somehow like superhuman trick that uh that sends a laser beam to the guy's mane all right so these are these are unbelievable products and then i brought one other thing this is a girl's product this is Herbal Essence's long-term relationship hair product. The product is literally named long-term relationship uh, because who wants to be in a short-term relationship? And, uh, and so it says on the back, live in the length of luxury. And what does that even mean? Live in the length of luxury. And then it has it in a couple other languages for, uh, for other people to read and be captivated by. But here's what companies, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of companies, will overpromise and underdeliver. Okay? Hundreds and hundreds of companies in your world that you live in will overpromise and underdeliver. And the same thing happened thousands of years ago when the devil snuck in to the beginning of creation and overpromised, and he absolutely under-delivered. I don't know if you're anything uh, like I was when I was in high school, but when somebody told me that they were going to talk about the book of Genesis, I always thought, like, that's so boring. Like, that is the oldest book in the Bible. Why would you be into that? Like, like that just sounds boring. Well, I want to kind of shatter that that thought tonight. I want to take you to Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to look at what happens with this idea of words and how words actually began. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, and you look at verse 26, look at this on the screens, it says, then God said, see it comes out of his mouth. He says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God speaks everything into creation. That's where the original words came from. That's the power of words. God says man and woman are created, and he speaks everything into creation. And I want you to think about this thought, because I think a lot of times when you think about your speech and the way people talk, it's usually negative. But when you go back to the garden and you look at verse 28, look at what happens two verses later. God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God says to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And, roll over the, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So there is absolute perfection, right? There's no sin at this point. And so Adam and Eve are communicating with 100% perfection and no mistakes. Like there's no goofy thing that Adam says that he has to apologize for later. Think about that. Communication was perfect, right? Adam and Eve, they have open mics. They can say whatever they want, and they always bless each other. They always encourage each other. They never get into like this out-of-control fight that they have to go back and apologize for later. There's perfection. They're just naming animals, shooting the breeze, having fun. They're in perfect relationship with each other and with their heavenly Father, and everything is going incredibly well. And then you turn to Genesis chapter 3, and I want you to look what happens with words. Check this out. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Look at the next, next part. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig trees, leaves together, not trees, and made themselves loin coverings. Everything changes when the devil speaks a lie. Everything changes. I want you to go back and look at verses 1 and 2, and I want you to look at what happens when Satan starts to talk. He says, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree. Right there, what kickstarts the fall and what kickstarts really the problem that every one of us come back to. When we think about how we make mistakes, this is where it all originates. This is where sin enters. And it all starts with a lie. It all starts with something that somebody heard and they believed it. Right, And so the first thing that I want you to really grab a hold of tonight, the first thing that I want you to walk away with knowing and understanding is that the tongue was changed by a lie. The tongue was changed by a lie. See, Satan lies to Adam and Eve, and he does whatever he can to twist what's going on, and Eve believes him. 
She believes him. And we hear lies all the time. You think about that story. I mean, think about your life and the lies that you hear. And sometimes you're not quick enough to catch it and you believe something. And then terrible things happen and come out of that. I want to read you a quote from C.S. Lewis. It says this, A little lie is like a little pregnancy. It doesn't take long before everyone knows about it. A little lie is like a little pregnancy. It doesn't take long before everyone knows about it. So you can kind of keep things under wraps for a while, and you can kind of think you're fooling people for a while, but the truth about lies is that there's always consequences. There's always consequences. See, when you choose to lie or when you choose to believe a lie that was told to you, everything changes. Everything changes. I'll never forget, uh, about six months ago, I was sitting in my office, and, and one of the, the dads of a, of a son or daughter in our high school ministry uh, was just very emotional and was having a hard time with a recent divorce that he had gone through with his wife. And he says, Mike, I believed a lie. And he's sitting on the couch in my office, and tears are coming down his face. And, and I said, well, what was that line? He said, a friend of mine, who I don't go to church with, who I go to work with, said, man, kids are resilient. They'll be fine. You need to do what you think is best for you. You need to do what makes you happy. And so I followed this guy's advice, and, and, and I followed what I thought was a good idea. And now I'm with this other girl and what he said about kids being resilient and how they'd be okay was a complete lie because they're devastated and they have all this baggage that they're holding on to that they don't know what to do with because I believed a lie. Guys and girls, lies can be devastating. And when you think about what comes out of your mouth, you think about what God wants for you. God wants you to speak truth. God doesn't want you to be somebody that says lies. Jesus said it this way. I want you to think about it uh, this way. Jesus says, uh, let me find it, sorry. Jesus says the truth will set you free, and conversely, lies will keep you in bondage. Think about that. Jesus said the truth will set you free. Lies, on the other hand, will keep you in bondage. Who wants to live chained down, right? I mean, who wants to live in bondage? Nobody wants to live in bondage. And so when you think about you and not just yourself, but the lives of people around you, I mean, you think about your friends and the people that you hang with, what lies have you chosen to believe and what lies have you said? Things that have come out of your mouth. And it could mean that, that some of you need to apologize to somebody that's here or, or maybe you need to go home and apologize to a mom or a dad because you've said something that's not true. Remember, God has this passion for his people to speak truth. And if you're here tonight and you're like, Mike, lying is not like a huge struggle for me. I mean, some of you could be convicted by that. But there's something else that's going on in the story in Genesis that I want you to think about. See, not only does the tongue get changed by a lie, but the tongue was changed by distorting the truth. See, the tongue was changed by distorting the truth, almost by spinning what was true. 
Remember in the story in Genesis, it says that Satan was crafty, right? And when you go back and look at the story, he says, indeed, as God said, didn't God say? Like he's bringing up a question and he spins it and he says, any tree of the garden, when God said just one tree. See, he's trying to say something that's similar to what God said. You think about that in your life. How many times do you spin things so that things will go better for you? How many times in your life do you spin things so that they'll go better for you? I did this two weeks ago. I, uh, I hit a parked car. Okay. Um, my wife was out of town. I was driving the minivan. I drive a smaller car and I'm not used to... See, I'm already coming up with excuses. And I pull into a subway parking lot and uh, I ran into one of the employees car. And so I didn't do any damage to their car, just mine, but I knew that I needed to go inside and talk with the sandwich artist whose, whose car that I hurt. And so um, he didn't speak great English. He was working in the back cutting tomatoes and he came outside and, and he kind of cleaned off a little scuff mark that I'd put right above his tire. And he said, it's okay, it's okay. And so I said, great. I went, went back in, bought a sandwich because I felt bad. And, and I just thought about this as I was talking with my wife, I said, honey, I, I hit this parked R and she goes, she goes, I can't believe it. She goes, you haven't been in an accident in 12 years. Do you just, you just feel bad? I feel bad for you. And I said, now it wasn't an accident. An accident is like when you're out in an intersection and you hit a car. I just, I just did this thing in the parking lot. She goes, honey, you had an accident. Like you got into an accident. I was like, no, no, everything is fine. And I was trying to spin the story so that I could be made like not, like not an idiot. And, and I should have been going into the parking spot slower, but I was like, no, 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 it wasn't an accident. And I want you to think about like when somebody comes to you and says something, is it easy for you to just kind of try to try and explain things away and to say, no, 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 it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I just did this. I've been in student ministry long enough to know that both issues are a big deal with high school students. Straight up telling lies and stretching and distorting the truth and spinning and twisting things so that things can go better for you is a big deal. And it goes back to the garden. This is something that happened at the beginning of creation, right? It goes back to your great, 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 however many greats, grandparents, Adam and Eve. Think about that, right? And their bloodline is connected to you and it is a struggle for you to watch what comes out of your mouth. And if I'm honest, this is a struggle for me. And I want you to think about what changes you need to make because nobody wants to be stuck in this. I mean, you're sitting here tonight and you're in your right mind and you're like, why would I do this? And you think about the power of words and how it goes back to God speaking things into creation and how everything is perfect. 
and you're at a crossroads and you're like, what am I going to do? Because I've been telling lies or I've been stretching things. I've been trying to get people to like me better. I don't know what to do about my tongue, but I have really, really, really good news for you tonight. If you're struggling with something like this and you're like, okay, I'm ready to change. I, I need to know like something. Give me something. Here's the good news. The last idea that I want you to grab a hold of is that Jesus came to rescue the tongue. Jesus came to rescue the tongue. See, he didn't come to just get you a free ticket to heaven. He didn't come to just get you into glory with him for eternity. He came so that you could have abundant life here and so that you, by your words, could be a better example and a better follower and a better steward of what he's given you. And part of what he's given you is your tongue. When Jesus was on the cross and he has his arms spread open, and one of the last things he says is, out of his mouth, his words said, it is finished. And what you need to understand tonight is that Jesus didn't just die to get you to heaven. He died so that you could have a life that is not filled and captivated by sin and one that does not believe lies and one that speaks truth and not things that are not true. Another great thing that Jesus said, I want you to look at this. Look at this in Matthew 24 verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. See, Jesus has given you incredible instructions in the gospels. If you want a lesson on like what should come out of your mouth, Read Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says so many things that can be connected and put into practice with the tongue. I mean, Jesus came to rescue your tongue. He came to rescue what comes out of your mouth. He came to rescue everything that you say, all the conversations you have, all the text messages that you send out on your phone, every status update on Facebook, everything that you do that has to do with words, he wants them to be true and pure. That's one of the reasons he came to die for every one of you. And so as you're sitting in your chair, I don't know where you're at spiritually. I don't know where, what kind of weekend you've had. I don't know if you're on cloud nine right now or if you're trying to figure out why certain things are happening or trying to figure out what's going on in high school. But this is what I know is true about you. You struggle at some level with what comes out of your mouth. And God wants to take you through his word and he wants you to understand how you can work on what comes out of your mouth and he wants it to be, the Bible says, a pleasing and fragrant aroma. And he wants people to be encouraged and he wants people to be blessed by you. And so as you're sitting in your chair tonight, think about what changes do I need to make? What do I need to talk with Maybe somebody else that's in this room, like I said earlier, or a family member, right? Because it's the people that you love the most that you hurt the most, right? And so who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to send a text message to right now reminding them that you care about them, that you didn't mean what you said, or maybe that you said something that they don't know about yet and you're just going to call them in a little bit to say you're sorry? What comes out of your mouth is a massive huge, big deal. 
And I don't want us to miss what God has to say about what comes out of your mouth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you've given us each a mouth to bless each other with, that you've given us a mouth to encourage each other with. And I pray that every one of us would leave here tonight with a better idea of what it means to be your follower, uh, to be your child, and what you want to say through us. We ask this in Christ's name.